0: Namaste welcome to Buddha's teaching. My name is Soti Tim. First of all I like to pay respect to the triple gems. I like to pay respect to the Buddha, I like to pay respect to the Dharma and I like to pay respect to the Sangha. Before I begin my talk today, and I don't have any specific subject to talk about, so we'll see how it goes, but I'd like to mention a couple of uh, websites that I would like to recommend to you. Um, One website is puredharma.net. Okay, dharma dot net p u r e d h a m m a dot net that website has very very good source and and have a very good resource for you to study to learn about um, real good Dharma. It has Sutra and it also has, it also teaches the Abhidharma, which is important, which is crucial, the crucial part of uh, studying Buddha's teaching. The other website is DharmaHome dot com. Okay, home dot com. Spell D H A M M A H O M E dot com. It has several languages that you can um, use. You know, to your liking and it has a number of books which are very very good and it has a very thorough uh, explanation and, and good structure that I, if you are interested that is good for you to follow, and it also teach about the Abhidharma. So, it's very really good. So, these two websites I'd like to recommend to you if you look for a reliable source of Buddha's teaching. So. Today, oh, by the way, tomorrow, Wednesday. Right, tomorrow Wednesday. Um, the sixteenth is the full moon day, right? It's a full moon day of of February. So. As a Buddhist, as a followers or disciple of Buddha, teaching, uh, one should at least know about this important day, the full moon day of February. Okay. Because this is the day that the Buddha had announced what there are Three important events that happen on on the full moon day of February and I don't have to go into it much detail because I have already covered it in one of the early episode if you were interested it's in between episode 6 there are two episodes six in my talks. This number six and then the continue of episode six and in between those two episodes there's an episode that has no number and it's titled Special Day Mikab Bo Okay so if you are interested uh check out that podcast. So, just like I said, today, I don't really have anything specific to talk about because one of my goals was to uh, to to bring to bring your attention to those two websites so that you have resource to to study every now and then. As I sit down and and look at some of the sometimes there's questions going on you know in you know, online social media and things like that, and the uh, debates regarding uh, what the Buddha said about life uh, whether life life is suffering, and some people say no, life is not suffering there this there is suffering in life, but life can be very good, you know depending on situation and things like that, so there are debate, and there are people who have opinions and disagreement and all that so I mean everyone is entitled to opinions um, so. Is life suffering? So that's one of the probably a little subject that I w- wanna talk a little bit today, because you know there are people who actually yeah, it's like I said, people say mm, they don't agree with it a hundred percent, okay, because there are times that you have um, happy moments, you know, you know time that you have. A good life. So it's not all suffering. So the word dukkha is it has a it has a broader meaning than a broad meaning than what we think. Okay. Um so if if we translate suffering and dukkha on a one-to-one one-to-one, it's not exactly that, because dukkha refer because there's no word that you can translate exactly what dukkha means. Dukkha refer that we refer to as suffering. It means that the things that is always changing. That is the unreliable thing that nothing is permanent. Okay, because there, there isn't anything or anywhere that is permanent. So when things are, are always changing, there's nothing reliable. And when and we try to hold on to it, but we cannot. Okay, because it seems like you know when we try to hold on to something, and that something always is always changing. So it because of that we keep trying and we keep uh, chasing for to to hold on to the happiness or whatnot that we going after, that's what dukkha means. Okay. So dukkha dukkha is not just suffering by itself. It's it's the the impermanence of of nature. It's the nature of all of the impermanence that creates that is the meaning of dukkha in pali language like in pali word okay so another word dukkha has a broader meaning than just suffering um the word suffering itself because for for most of us when we talk, say suffering we refer to um we refer to whether physical suffering from From uh, sickness, health issue, or mental suffering. You know, when you have um, mental breakdown, you have um, argument, you have anger, hatred, or you have whatever, you know, negative emotion. We call that suffering. But that's not the only thing that the Buddha referred to as Dukkha. Because that is part of it that is suffering, but those all of those suffering happens the underlying uh f- the underlying f- uh fundamental is behind it is um the impermanence the nature the impermanence nature of things. Okay, that's that's what dukkha means. So for so like uh like people who say um no life is not all uh, suffering. We have abundant you know, food, we have luxury, we have comfort, we have all kinds of things here and there, okay. So yes in 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 a uh, conventional sense, you do have some temporary um you know comfort you do have temporary happiness but but as we all know nothing stay the same right things are always changing and it is n- not in anyone's control because it's just how it is so when things change from what we like to what we don't like and that is Dukkha that is what the Buddha referred to suffering we cannot hold on to what we like forever and especially you know our own we're our very own life, right? That we uh tried that we, we love um so much and it keeps running away. Okay. Every take of uh of the of the breath that we have, life is taken away from us at every moment. So that's what dukkha means. Okay. So it it's just it's it's the impermanence this the nature of impermanence of, of all things right so with that I some I sometime you know sit down um as I think you if you guys have listened to my episode before every now and then you hear um dogs barking at the background, right? In some of the episodes, uh, we have two uh, little dogs. You know, we have a Pomeranian, and, and we have a pug, okay? And yeah, they are, they are, you know, a handful, of course. But, you know, they, but the thing is, they have taught me a lot regarding life. Okay, because as you, as you observe things, you observe your own mind, and I observe my own mind, and I also observe um others beings around me, including uh a a little two friends. Okay, um our a little a little two uh dogs about their minds versus human mind. And yet I do have a family and of course observe their mind, you know, my spouse and my children. And yes, my co-workers and I'm still working, you know. um. So I observe everything, okay, because the mind, it's all about that's who we who most people think um they are is the mind right um you know the the one of the thing that, that we observe a lot and I I pointed out to my family also to observe um the our dogs you know. To, you know, a lot of time when you look into their eyes, okay. I know a lot of time you say, "Wow, um, do they do they think about anything, right? Um, do they think about this? Do they think about that or not, or or what?" And every time, and every time that you look into their eyes and they look back at you, right, with their two round eyes and their eyes are you know are shining and, and bright and they you know are the like a Pomeranian she her, her face she just look at you and smile all the time right a Pomeranian is, is a morning she's a she's a morning dog and versus a pug a pug is the is the evening dog you know uh, the Pomeranian, our Pomeranian, she wakes up early, but the, the pug sleep until 11. But at night, our Pomeranian goes to sleep early, and she's very regular. She goes to sleep 8 or 9 o'clock, but our pug is, is kind of quite awake. You know, he's active late, toward late at night. Until everybody goes to sleep, then he goes to sleep, but in any case, what we notice a lot of time, you know when they don't have any during the day um when we do our stuff and they you know they just walk around, they don't have anything or play around a little bit here and there, they just happy. You know, they just play. When, they, when they're hungry, they tell you they're hungry. And when, they, uh, when they're full, they're happy. And they just, you know, walk around and then just take nap. And w- what amazed my children, especially my children, they are grown up. Already in their 20s. And they look and say, wow, I wish I can go to sleep like them. See, um, the dogs, when they, uh, you know, when they don't have to, let's say they play around and all that stuff with you, and then they say, okay, I'm tired now, I, I'm I'm going to take a nap. They just, they just, you know, go to their favorite spot, close their eye, and start snoring, just like that. Right? And they just close their eyes, they go to sleep, and they snore. I mean... It doesn't take them even one minute. You turn around, they're snoring, sleeping away. Like, it's, it's amazing. To, no human being can do that. Right? See, you, now when we see that, then we can see the beauty in something very, very special okay what is that it's the beauty of a simple quiet mind you see their mind yes they don't have much memory like we do right like we have we have so much memory we have issue (laughs) believe it or not okay for them yes so they don't have much memory but because of that, I mean they have enough, right? They have enough memory to serve them. Okay? They know who you are, they know time to eat, time to sleep, they know to play ball, to play fetch, okay, they know how to uh, love their, you know, their if they have little ones, they have their, they love their own you know puppies. And they do have things, they do have memories that's just just enough to serve them. Right? Just enough to serve them. But they don't have that, what we call intelligence, okay, to think. Right? They just know. They just know what they love. They just know that they're hungry. Or once in a while, they just, no, that they, they just, you know, angry with, let's say, another, see, hear another dog next door barking, or they just bark. And they just, but, but that's all there is to it. And when their mind changes and the body says it's time to take a nap, they just close their eyes and take a nap and snore away. No thinking. No thinking. You see how simple and peaceful and beautiful that mind is. It's very nice, right? Isn't it? I mean, can a can human do that? Not one. Unless you are a, 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 an enlightened person who uh, if they have nothing to do and you and then you go sit down and meditate and go into uh, into Deep meditation or jhana. Okay? And that is for an enlightened one. But for, for for all of us, forget about it. Right? Forget about it. We are so far be- behind, in that sense, the dogs. We are so far behind. Our mind is so cl- cluttered. It's full of, you know what, Okay, all kinds of anxiety, all kinds of worry, all kinds of stress, all kinds of thinking. Okay, and we wonder, oh man, I can't sleep, um, you know, but it's, that is the reason because we think too much. We think about this, we think about that, and when we look at the dog, we said, oh, I wish I can sleep like a dog. You know, they just close their eyes and snore away. <laughs> See, animals can teach us a lot if we observe what they do. Okay? They do things, uh, you know, out of their own nature, but they don't use... So, our, another word, our, our, our memories. Okay? Our intelligence that enable us to think is also it it's it's is sort with two edges like i have mentioned before it's useful as well as it's a curse okay it's useful one side and the other side is a curse why it's because we don't know how to use this this mind. When we don't know how to use the sword with two edges, it's useful sometimes, and sometimes we cut ourselves. Okay? So our mind, our mind is something of a... Uh, That is very powerful. As you all know, our intelligence is very powerful that can cut both ways. All right? Unless you know what that mind is. If you don't know what that mind is, it will serve you and also cut you at the same time. Okay it will serve you and it will also cut you and hurt you and unfortunately most of the people do not understand about this mind so there we go the whole world lives if if you can picture a person with all kinds of cuts and bandage on his body and his face. Okay? That's how we live in this world. We have cuts all over the place and we we bandage it everywhere. Okay? Why? Because we don't know how to use this mind. This powerful mind that we have. And the mind that is good that that serve us the purpose that so that help us to this day to have a better comfortable life right to have modern medicine to have uh, all this uh, engine um, electronic device, the, the mind that serves us, that make us that make the, our life easier is the beautiful mind. Okay? That side of the mind is a very pure beautiful mind that has no emotion in it. Okay? That Thinking mind, that side that think about creating something, to help, to to make things easier, right? To cultivate the land, to produce uh, more agriculture, to produce um, running water, electricity, things like that. That that kind of mind is beautiful. Okay, because you know, imagine back during the old days, you wake up in the morning. You have to uh, you know. Get on your get, back. You you gotta pack your stuff, bring your shovel, your hose, your your rake, your your your, and gather your cows and buffalo, Go to the field. You have to go plant stuff. You go hunting and all that to you know, to to feed ourselves. But these days, everything is like, you just get on the, your phone and the food is delivered to your door. Right? So that is the beautiful, beautiful side of the mind. The problem, as you all know, is the other side of the mind that we call emotion. Right? That we cannot control we just cannot seem to control this emotion it's running it's racing it's it's in between and, and it's intertwined in between the 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 good side of the mind so this emotion turns our intelligence turn our own intelligence against us. You see this emotion turns our turn our intelligence against ourselves, and we have no clue what to do. that is very very unfortunate now you know why why is that so that that's why you you know that it's so important to study about your own mind right That's why it's so, so important to understand how the mind works. That's why the Buddha said, it is so, so important to study this, okay? That's what Buddha's teaching is all about, okay? And like one of the phrases said, one who conquered a thousand battles is still not as powerful as the one who conquered himself. Which, what that means is, the one who can conquer his own or her own mind. Right? So, I'm a little bit all over the place today. So, this mind that we're talking about, okay, your mind, my mind here, is something that we have to really, really follow really observe what is the mind so let's review a little bit about the mind what is what is it how does your mind come to be again how does the mind arise who is it that you think who you are okay who is it that you are defending um that you are defending that self i who is it what is that i what is the i is that is thinking what is it what is that emotion what is it okay that is that is what we need to know that i that thinking mind that's what we need to know Okay, now, I don't know if you have- co- ever come across or have a thought, as I have mentioned before one of the teachings regarding the the mind by the Buddha, the Buddha pointed out like this see right right now, our mind is racing right it's a, It's a stream of energy. A st- it's a, it's, a, it''s a stream of thought. that's what our mind is. And what is that thought? what is the stream of thought and how does it come to be? okay Our mind as you as we wake up the mind come to come to be right? When we go to sleep, our mind has gone, nowhere to be found the so called i is gone okay the i that you say i am this i am that okay that i when that when you go to sleep that i is nowhere to be found it's gone yes or no think about that so that i only exists when you awake right So what is that I? Where is that I coming from? That I comes to be only when you awake. Right? So that I come from your recognition of your own body, of your environment, right? Of what you see, what, what you hear, what you smell, what you taste and how you, your your body feel. That is the I. Right? That is the I. The I that you are referring to, that I comes to be when you wake up, when you uh, walk around, go, go to work, go to school, whatever you do, that I arise, come to be Right? When you wake up, it's because you see, because you hear, you smell, you can taste, and you feel the cold or the hot, the soft or the hardness of the material that the body touch. That's what I is. Right? You follow? That's what I is that I is gone when you were asleep and that I comes back when you awake okay so what is it And that I does the thinking right has Thought or running, what is it? That eye. So, if you break it down, the eye that we are referring to is the seeing, the smelling, the hearing, the tasting, and the touching. That's what the eye is. Okay. That's what that I is that we're referring to. So, is that I permanent? Think about that. That I is gone when you are asleep. The I is back when you are awake. So, this I that we're referring to is not permanent right? It's impermanent. it's changing all the time. So so that's one simple example. the eye at night is gone. When you awake the eye is back but let's break it down further. So this eye that we call eye is com- comprised of the seeing, The smelling, the hearing, the touching, right? The tasting. All comes together, boom. Create the sense of I. That's what I is. So, let's say if you are hard of hearing. Then one part of the eye is not there. The hearing. Okay. If you cannot see, that part of the eye is not there. Okay. So the eye, the complete eye, is of course uh, uh, six senses. Right? The six Senses together make up what I is. And as we all know, these senses are changing at the speed of probably light or faster than the speed of light. The seeing is part of the eye. But as you know, the seeing, in order for the seeing to happen, the seeing happen based on condition. Right? With proper condition seeing happen. Without light there's no seeing, without eyeballs there's no seeing. Without object there is no seeing. So when in order to have seeing there has to be these three conditions then you have seeing so as you know light happens all the time it's not something permanent light is coming from either the light bulb or coming from the sun but it keeps coming at the speed of light and because it's so fast we it seems like it's always there right but as but the fact is it's not always there It's coming on and off on and off all the time. But our eye cannot catch the off part of the light. So it seems like it's always on. But it's actually on, off, on, off, and on, off. So another word, the so-called eye that the the so-called eye that we refer to that is based on seeing it's on and off, on and off, on and off. You follow? The so-called eye that is based on seeing is on and off, on and off, on and off, but at the speed of light. And we seem to, we, 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 somehow, we, because it happened so fast, it seems like, oh, nothing changed. But in actuality, it's changing so fast that we cannot recognize it. Oh, now, on the other side the 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 hearing sense it's the same principle you hear sound, okay, with a silence or no silence, but there is hearing going on, and the hearing go on off on off, okay the smelling you smell things all the time, even though there's no smell, that means you smell nothing. It doesn't mean that you're not smelling, that you, you are smelling. It's just that there's no odor, so you don't smell anything. But the smelling is happening all the time. The same as the tasting and the same as your physical sense, the the, the, the the tactile experience of your physical body. And all of these senses, so these senses, is happening at a very rapid Ra- very, very rapid speed that it happened, boom, together at very much almost at the same time it, boom, create this sense of self, I, that, oh, I am this but in actuality it's all this thing here is that is happening concurrently simultaneously, almost simultaneously at the same time. And because of the speed of this phenomenon, it gives us this sense of self I that some that doesn't exist there's an I that exists somewhere. You see? Just remember, just just picture this a little bit. So analyze this a little bit. So the eye that's happening. So let let's let's talk about the 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 vision, the seeing. Okay. So the seeing happen, at fractional. You you see see see, and then off and on off and on, and at that same moment, okay. The hearing is also happening. So, it's. It's coming to you at different speed, of course, okay. But it's a very, very fast speed, and it it hits a central CPU. It's it it hits the six, the number six, sense, which is the command center, okay so the 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 five sense doors that bring all this all these experiences in inside to the the sixth sense and it works together so fast it creates this sense, this the sense of self i okay So the smell, when you smell something, it sends the information to your sixth sense. And it interprets the central CPU, the sense number six, interpret it and spit back what is it that it's smelling or it's not smelling. So this is happening, I mean, at a very, very fast pace, fast speed, all the time you see? So, that's what creates the sense of self-I. So, I hope at least you get an idea. So, the sense of self-I is nothing, it's nothing that is that is independent, that is just there by itself. It's it's the changing. It's always changing from one moment to the next. Okay? It's nothing that is permanent. The the, the, the seeing, the light is always changing. The hearing is always changing. Alright? The smelling is always changing. But it, it changed so fast it seems like it's, it stands still. It seems like nothing changed. But it happens so fast. So, what I'm trying to, to to, to get it, to 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 you is that self I is always changing. There's nothing permanent. You see, that's what the non-self is. That I is actually there's no I anywhere. It's just a combination of all of this incredib- incredible, incredible. Phenomena that's happening by itself. And that's create us and give us this sense of who we are. You see, that's what gives us the sense of who we are. I am this, I am that. Now, on top of that, of course, we have memories, right? And because of this, we create when our memory has you kind know, of give us this sense of uh belonging i guess and it and our memory is the source of our well not the source but it's it enables us to to think to recognize, and that's where our intelligence is. That is the difference between us and animals. Okay? We can access this memory bank that is s- stored not only just in the brain but is stored throughout your in, our entire body. That's a whole memory bank. Okay? So, this is what creates our intelligence. Now, on top of that our sixth sense have this so-called emotion that's where the trick is okay because of because of this natural uh, because of our nature um, of seeing ourselves as is somebody, is a self-I. Okay? It also has this emotion that is inside our sixth sense. Okay? And this emotion here is what we need to follow. The difference between us and the enlightened one is for us, our emotion is who we are because we identify ourselves with the self, with with that so-called I, with the emotion. Okay? The I am happy, have, sad, I am I whatever, that's how most of us identify ourselves with with that self existing identity. I plus the emotion, right? The love, the hate, the anger, the the envy, the jealousy, the anxiety, and all that. So, when this is happening and we hold on to it, okay, when we have, see, the thing is about the impermanence of, of things, we, a lot of time we tend to forget that things are always changing. But, instead of that, we hold on to the memory. We hold on to the emotion. Like something that is permanent and that is Dukkha because it doesn't matter what kind of feeling we have it doesn't matter what kind of emotion we have there's nothing that is permanent it's always changing and it changes due to the condition that our five senses encounter you see the the, nat- the nature of impermanence is always changing. But for, for a lot of us, we can't seem to understand or to grasp that concept. And when there's something happen and we hold on to our feelings like something that is permanent and which is not, and because of that, we try to hold on to something that we cannot hold on to. That's why we suffer. See, that's why there's a word, let go. Because we can't seem to let go of things. Because there's nothing that, even though we don't want to let go, things will change. You cannot hold on to. See, you have to know something. When you are ha- happy, you cannot be angry at the same time. Okay? Our mind change from one state to the next, based on condition. The happy mind cannot be angry at the same time. A depressed mind cannot be angry at the same time. Okay? A a sad mind cannot be happy at the same time. So our mind happened and it changed always changing it's impermanent and why is it impermanent because as we all know who we are is just this changing phenomenon that is happening all the time through the our experiences the experience that we have that we experience through the five sense doors And all the information, all data being interpreted by the sixth sense, the sense number six, that split out the information. And when we don't understand that, and when we hold on to this concept of existing I, then we fight with the ultimate reality. We fight with things that we don't like. Okay we 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 cannot accept a reality and because of that we have suffering we cannot see things as the way they are we cannot see things that things are changing and it's only happen it, it it happens based on condition and condition that happens beyond our control okay we cannot stop people from talking. We cannot stop people from doing what they do. We cannot stop the sun from shining. But the mind can be trained to understand this thing, to see the the true reality of it instead of fighting against it or not accepting it or disliking it. See? This emotion is something that is created automatically by itself, by the mind, by the self-I. That's why That is the thing that the Buddha recommends us and say to us that I is what we need to watch. Is that thinking mind is what we need to follow. Right? What is it that is doing? To be mindful of ourselves. To be mindful of our own thought. What is it? To be mindful of our own emotion why is it doing that who is doing that is it you doing it or it's prompted by different condition that triggers the, the all the events that come from through the the five sense doors that triggers the memories that triggers the emotion that create this Emotion and make the so-called I react without knowing what is going on. So, yeah, I mean, this is, that's all there is to it, you know. today I know I said I have nothing really specific to say Um, I mean back and forth all over again you know it comes down to studying our own mind okay and I'm a little bit here and there today you know not really uh, focusing on any really specific subject but that's The point that I like to stress is about that non-self, about the I that we always, you know, cling to. I'm mad, I'm sad, or I'm glad, or I'm happy. That is what we need to, you know, to observe, to understand what it is. Okay? The mind is very powerful. And if we don't know what it is, it can be a very dangerous weapon and not just to ourselves but also to humanity as a whole. If an unwholesome mind is in charge of big power because you know what unwholesome mind can do. Practicing what is wholesome and what is unwholesome Okay. And you know we all love to have wholesome mind. Why is it unwholesome mind always come out, all the time? Right. Got to understand what is wholesome, and what is unwholesome. You got to understand that wholesome, or unwholesome, happen within not without. When you are angry, it doesn't matter who caused it, what trigger it, but when you are angry, you are creating an unwholesome activity inside your own mind. You have to come to that realization. When you are angry, you are creating that unwholesome thing, not anyone else. Okay, I'd like to wrap it up today because usually I don't want to go over uh, an hour talk because it's too long, uh, that's in my opinion. So, until next time, hopefully you get something out of this uh, rambling today. Namaste.